and we're back live again with another hockey podcast. Yes, hockey. We're still off another week for. Uh, Are you sure it's hockey? Podcast. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I, I don't. Change. I know. I don't like it. It's depressing. Like change. <laughs> what is this? I don't like change. But I, like I know it's hockey because I got the mini Lord Stanley Cup. No, oh, of course. Yes. And I had to bring. Also, bring... We're also off another week for or underachievers podcast so. for underachievers yeah i did have to That's bring what I was doing some today. part of hockey to me go with me to dc so of course um and also just the hockey was going to be the one podcast just because the season's right around the corner where we just it's we're gonna it's that's uh, also the same thing where it was before or back when the season was actually going on where we just get on at random times that's yeah. just how we work, how we kind of roll with it. We don't have like a set, a set schedule of when we have our hockey podcast. They just we just text when they happen. Like, we just start on a tangent on our text of hockey, and we're like, "All right, when are we talking about this?" <laughs> and then it's we need the to do it day. now. Yes. And apparently, we we also decided to wear the same color blue today as well. I did notice that. <laughs> oh gosh! I stuck um, with hockey. This is a hockey snowman. Dude, I'm jealous of that shirt. Where can I buy one? I can give you one. This is actually a shirt my uh, family made. What? That... Yeah, back when they were, did silk screening. This oh, that's is one awesome. Of the shirts that were for sale. There's more in the basement. So nice. Just give me Dude, your size, awesome. and I can mail it out to you in DC. Beautiful. I like it. It is a snowman playing hockey. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's the greatest yeah. shirt ever. I love it. It's also got Whitmer on the back of it too. Really small, but it's just Whitmer. It says Whitmer Print Company, but Whitmer is still in the name. Hey, I'll take a probably take a Whitmer <laughs> shirt. Anyways, um, back to hockey. So um, one one thing that uh, Mike and I were actually going to start doing, you guys, is we're going to start covering two breakdown yeah. teams per podcast since the season's right around the corner now. So today, things where it's probably going to have to bleed over to the season too, because yes. the season's really realistically not that far away. Um, and we kind of got we kind of fell behind, so. It doesn't really matter that much at the beginning of the season anyways. True. At least at that um, point, you have a little more games to go off of. And it, well, what's actually, even more inter- question. interesting I just saw that something. another thing we can add to these deep dives is, because we do have this question later in the podcast of just the divisions itself, teams that benefit from mm-hmm. that, or just, and just part of that deep dives, how does this team fare in the new division alignment they're in? So that's yes. gonna, just going to be another thing I just thought of that we can add to the Um Also something I just thought of, do they ever announce that they're going to do a preseason or not? I don't think so, no. I don't think that you are. I think you're just going right into it. The only thing I know is that the teams that weren't invited to the playoffs are in earlier. And like, I think it was up to today or in the next, mm. if not the next couple of days, where it was like the deadline for players to voluntarily it, it's um no that already passed and yeah. no players have decided to opt out which is pretty cool but it's also going to be different this season obviously because at least at the start because no bubble and the trouble no they're going to have and what the nba is going to have because they both were in the, the bubble and I'm just putting there i mean it's just because it's different yeah. situations to say baseball or football and that they were outdoors yeah. Indoors is a little trickier. College basketball at the moment's having a little issues with that. Um, right. If the NHL sticks with strict guidelines like they did for the uh, bubble, hopefully it's minimal. The division I itself, can see it. 
the division alignments help. And the only thing you can hope for is it's like the NA or MLB is a little bit. If you do get it at the beginning of the season, as the season goes on, you don't really have many cases. But it is getting colder out, so unfortunately, you might see more cases, definitely more than you did during the bubbles, because there was none in the uh, bubbles, believe it or not. Um, Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, so basically, our starting lineup today is we're going to go over the league news as always. Uh, we had a trade that happened today, um, and I want to say I could have sworn we had one yesterday too. We've had a couple been, in the last couple of days. Been busy the last couple of days. They have. Um, we have some signings, including one that happened right before the podcast. Um, Mike and I we're going to break down the divisions. And the new divisions, I should say. And again, the question of the day is who, which teams will benefit the most oh, for their new divisions? We do have an update on Kucherov, too. Yes, that's a massive one. Glad you remember. And Henrik Lundqvist. Yes. Which so, I don't think that one's much of a surprise. That was it's be not. Next... Um, let's start with that one, though. Yes. So, unfortunately, I, as we, um, some... about, we did talk about this last time because it broke. Or in our last podcast, we talked about yeah. a little bit of uh, Henrik Lundqvist and his uh, heart problems and everything, and he is going for heart surgery. So, open heart surgery, uh, aortic valve replacement, aortic uh, apologies if I'm botching that root and ascending replacement to be more exact. He said, uh, he said, last three weeks, my focus has shifted from training camp and upcoming season to my health and what I can and can't do. Scheduled for an open heart surgery now. We all have our mountains climbed, staying positive here and set on the road to recovery, HL. So, again, best of luck to Henrik Lundqvist, who posted that on his social media earlier today. Wishing him all the best of luck. He is an all-around classic player. And, and someone we, pointed this yeah, out really, we, uh, earlier, which, honestly, I, I kind of agree with them. They said, I pr- appreciate and love Henrik, you know, I'm basically I'm liking him more and more than I realize I ever did. Mainly because we're all, a lot of us were Flyers fans, of course. But like back when you know he was playing everything, he's such a pain to play against because he was so dominant between the pipes. And it's just like it just seems like more so recently. Not not only just be obviously because of this, but how can you not like him? He's one of those players out there. Even though he plays for a rival team, you can't hate the guy. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Act. He's always. He's always been that class act kind of guy. So exactly, he he, um, you know, plays his heart out every single night. No, and I think that's also just going back, just what you just talked about. For me, it definitely is just me as a just more of a fan of the sport itself. Yeah. Yes, I'm a Flyers fan first by far, and the way you're going to know this more is when the Olympics do come back and NHL players are allowed back into it. Mm-hmm. I'm a Flyers fan first before I'm a patriotic fan. Let's just put it that way. There you go. So if USA, for example, is playing Canada and Drew and uh, Coots are on t- Team Canada, I may have a slight rooting interest in Canada just because of Drew and Couturier because they play for my hometown team. Yes. I and then also, that- I was going to say also Sweden. We have a couple Swedes. Yes, but that's who I, are I, some I, super Swedes. I'm absolutely a Flyers fan first, but as I've grown to appreciate the sport more, I don't have those like oh I I do have those teams that just absolutely hate and everything but it's like you can take that back for a second and just look at these yeah. look at the guys look at the players and everything just 
wow, that's great. Like even, and, even and Sidney Crosby, funny, and yeah. it maybe just because he's evolved as a player from when he first came 1, in. To where he is now. He one thousand percent has because he's Sidney Crosby, but he's not doing nearly as much as he did before. No, the he, he's and all that stuff. the diving, you know, again, like he, he really hasn't. And, and that's one reason why I, I like Sidney Crosby more than Brad Marchand because Marchand still does his usual yeah. BS weasel crap. And, and again, like Crosby has learned from he's he's actually matured, unlike Marchand, who just a couple of years ago was looking at yeah, players' like, faces in the playoffs. Uh, so he's actually going to miss the beginning yeah. of the season. Yeah, so. But. I will say this, uh, maybe a theory on this. Maybe there's concussions a couple seasons back for uh, Crosby kind of changed his mindset a bit. Just because, mm. not that... Uh, you, might have, you might have to elaborate more on that one. I will. Let, let me... <laughs> As in, uh, because before, and maybe just the NHL involving two, and that before he was always, oh, we're going to make this guy merciful. We're going to him around. We're going to do this. Just the first game he mm-hmm. played against Flyers. Welcome to Nancho moment. Um, he is always just a guy that would always just get hit hard. And I think, one, his game has evolved, so he doesn't get hit as much. But I also think he evolved as a person after those situations. Just because he, he realized, oh, okay. outside of just the sport itself, how serious these kind of things are and not to put himself into it. And maybe just because of those antics, those things beforehand, maybe yeah. that played a little bit, tiny bit of why some teams went harder against him than yeah. others. Yeah. I mean, all right. I, I, see what you're I think one of the best ways to put it is he became more self-aware of his surroundings sure. on the ice, and he kind of had to because, again, just like with Connor McDavid, he you know at one point or to some people. He still is the best player in the world, um, which is fair to say he's highly talented and a hell of a player that you have no doubt have to respect his game, especially now. He has grown and matured as a player in total, and you got to respect what's on the ice. And even off the ice, yeah, I admit he's a class act. The guy, he he's a good guy deep down inside. You can tell like from all he does. Um, so... Yeah, Flyers fans first. So saying this is very is really saying something. Look what's on my shirt. A P. A P with baseball. I don't know yes. what that means. <laughs> what does that mean, Jeff? Elaborate. <laughs> Look, it's a distraction. <gasps> a minion. <laughs> anyway. All right. So let, let's get back to hockey though here. Yes. Um, um Nikita as... Kucherov, we forgot to mention it. He is out for the season. Crazy news. This happened a couple of days ago. Um, he's having hip surgery, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He's done for the season. Not even going to play. That sucks. That's a huge loss for Tampa. But now, he, so he's getting... Sam, because he's still, I think, recovering from his surgery. During um, this recent offseason, too. So Stamkos, he is... I don't know what the last update was, but I know I think he'll at least play during the season. I, yeah, I just will, don't know. I, I think I don't know the beginning when of the season they're still going to be without two of the better best players, probably. But again, the amount of depth this team has, exactly. I'm not too too worried about it. Um, they also so also they did make a trade. Actually, it was yesterday they traded Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette, who 
in my opinion, is a pretty underrated uh, player still. Provides a lot of depth. He's still quite a young player. Um, he he can do something for Ottawa, honestly. So the best. I just realized this. Yeah. They have the new division alignments. That's oh, awesome. No way. Yeah. Oh, I love Cat Friendly. That's fantastic. Sorry, Anyways. that was completely random, but I got really confused when I saw the North. Like, I saw one division had less. Why is that? In the oh, shit. Central, but yeah. I literally, I didn't even see It took me a second, but that's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Well done, Cat Friendly. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so... Um, it's Coburn and Cedric Paquette and his second round pick in 2022 going to Ottawa in exchange for Marion Gabrick and Anders Nielsen. Gabrick, his full 4.875 mil cap hit will be put on long-term injury reserve this season, Again, giving Tampa the extra space to exceed the cap. They explored multiple options inquiring player on long-term injury reserve for this purpose. Yep. And just the Lightning... Just taking advantage yep, of big that time. The Lightning announced that Gabrick and Anders Nielsen will not play as they are both on long-term injury reserve. So... With that happening with Kucherov as well in long-term injury reserve, the Bolts will effectively be sitting at 80, roughly 80.341 mil in cap space under the 81.5 mil ceiling. So they figured out the loophole. And it was, I believe, Ray Ferraro. Um, let me, <clears throat> excuse me, let me take a look. It was, I'm pretty sure, like Ray Ferraro who made a great, great point. And I do want to bring it up because I have to ask you the question because it, it is a very good question to bring up. Um, actually, it wasn't Ray. It was there's another analyst like that. Um, oh, damn it. Basically. You really made that a lot easier rather than NHL analysts. <laughs> there are so many of them. I, I just I don't know. It really helps narrow it down. No, but basically the issue was, um, I, I think this one was right for our, maybe, maybe it wasn't. Um, but basically the issue was clearly Tampa, this helps them out with the cap. Mm-hmm. It's legal. It's in the rules yeah. as they can do this. But clearly there, ha- there has to be some kind of way to fix this little loophole. Yeah. Toronto did because, that last year. Right. Again, teams are taking advantage of, of this little rule. So my question is, should there be a rule? Should the things stay the same right now how they are with basically teams being able to find continue to use this loophole to help their team out for the long-term injury, injury reserve? Or should they change the rule where they can't go out and purposely you know, buy players or you know, trade for players? I, I forget what the exact term you know, or, or like exactly how the analyst put it, but something like that. I know what you're saying, though. But. Yeah. So I'm going to answer this because that was the question. That was the end of your question, right? All right. So I'm going to answer this in kind of two parts. And that if you do go, let me that see if route, I can find it. Not, I, I got to look at it. All right. Sorry, and go ahead. Change the, uh, change the rule that they can't do it. It makes it a little more entertaining for offseason purposes for, for the headache that these teams like the Lightning or great teams that have always had cap issues had it's Gordon Miller. I got it right here. It's uh, Gordon Miller said, I think this loophole needs to be closed cap relief from long-term injury reserve should only count for players who were playing for that team at the time they went on long-term injury reserve, not inquire from someone else. It's legal, but it's cap circum circumvention. 
So there you have it. Um. Anyways, back to my back to my answer. It'll make it Sorry. a little more interesting, but one, you could avoid this by just raising the cap a little higher, just this a little bit higher, or you know, more than what you did for this last one. I know this season is going to be a lot different just because money reasons. It's going to be a little tighter just because you don't have the fans that are going to be in the arena uh, next season. You're more than likely will have had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm assuming by the end of 2021 that fans will be back into uh, that would be arenas. a beautiful sight. Um, but that's one way you can fix it. Just make sure your cap actually goes up, so these teams don't have that big of a headache, or yeah. well, still have the headache, but just make it a little uh, easier for them. And also, props to these teams for finding the loophole to be able to get out of it. That's just good to me. Yes, maybe the rules should be changed and teams shouldn't do that. But why not a team that's having the headache not explore every option possible to get under that cap? That doesn't mean exploding your team. The Blackhawks were able to do it differently because they had older veterans that weren't really providing anymore that had big contracts and they just traded them away. True. That is very, very true. And then you have teams like Toronto last year. They've had they've had a lot of issues. Just look at the guys they have signed there. Uh, Tampa Bay, that's going to be a continuing issue for them. Uh, cap reasons and everything. But if you can find a way to do it, just do it. That's just good. To me, that's just good. A GM doing a good job of finding a way to get away from it. And if it's Fair still enough. there, then take advantage. If the NHL doesn't like it, if the league doesn't like it, make a rule saying it's different. Fair enough. That that is uh, a good point. So you know, hey. So yeah. If if there is a loophole for the GM, yeah. So be it. Good for them. Honestly, that's how the Flyers got rid of Pronger's contract. This is true. <laughs> well, a special guest. So yeah, special guest. <laughs> uh, but you know, so. We have also a couple signings as well. Um, Andres Athanasiu, uh, one year, uh, just literally uh, moments before we started our podcast, one year, 1.2 mil uh, to the LA Kings. So that's a very interesting deal there. Um, it provides the Kings some depth, definitely some speed. It is, it's speed, but he has to. He does have to improve his game too. He, he definitely So here's one of my things about Athanasiu. I've always heard rumors just from analysts and just like, you know, people all across the league over the last couple of years. Excuse me. Um, he seems to be kind of a headache for for GMs. He just – I don't think he's exactly a, a locker room cancer like Evander Keane or some other guys are. But it does sound like he is a bit of a headache um, just from what I've read over the last couple of years. Uh, remember, he was a member. Uh, he got traded to the Edmonton Oilers during the offseason from Detroit. Sorry, uh, during the trade deadline to Edmonton, and he had a three mil cap hit. It was an RFA for Edmonton. And Edmonton, uh, or, sorry, not him. RFA. Yeah, they barely used him. Um, yeah, so that I was in. Really have much to show. No, or, he didn't really have much to show for them because there was only a couple games, and then. The season paused, so and then playoffs, but he didn't do much, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, you know, he's 26. He kind of fit in that 
He did because again, his fast. speed would help McDavid. And again, fun fact: he put up a goal in his first game because he was on McDavid's line and mm-hmm. put their speed together. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, he does have skill; it's there. But for whatever reason, this is the other issue just, for him. He's twenty-six. Yeah. This is the primer's career. Yeah. Some guys can have that where they can turn that around. That. And the locker room kind of issues if that's what it is or whatever, but or maybe just because he was playing in Detroit and Detroit was maybe contract issues. Who knows? When he entered Detroit, that was when they started not making the playoffs after making the playoffs for so long, and maybe he's one of those guys that's like just tired of losing and just yeah, yeah, and just wants to get out of there now. Kovalchuk, speaking of Kovalchuk, he actually went to the KHL. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of Kolchuk, he went yes, to the I do like AHS. That, so. So. I do like Yeah, that. no, I agree. Get, get him out of our league. Get him out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Corey Perry, and hey, another guy who I don't like, actually went mm-hmm. to Kolchuk's former team in the Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Uh, Connor Sheary, um, I was making jokes, obviously. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Uh <laughs> Yes, go ahead. He was making, I was making jokes, just, you know, how we usually do with uh, Connor Sheary, and that is how you pronounce his name. Uh, anyone who says it differently is wrong. Uh, yes. I thought he was going to get a higher contract, and I said, and the contract going to get is going to be too high. And then he got his contract. He's like, no, that's perfect. Uh, one mil, 735,000. That's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's exactly literally what, what he's worth. worth. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, Slater Cuckoo uh, went to the Edmonton Oilers one year, 850000 Um Got a couple entry-level contracts. Uh, Michael Grandland signed, re-signed with the Predators one year, 3.75 mil. Re-signed with Buffalo. Yep. Good deal Sorelli. for him there. Sorelli was a huge one. Uh, three years, four, uh, 14.4 mil total contract. 4.8 AAV. That's a huge one there. Uh, Chernak, as we mentioned earlier, uh, three years, 8.885. Resigned in Tampa, 2.95 AAV. So there's that. Uh, Eric Halla, he signed with the Preds one year, 1.75 mil. So that was a great deal uh, for him there. Honestly, one of the um, more so uh, better depth guys in the league still. He's not great, but he's not terrible. He, he, he's useful in some teams. Like, like a team for Nashville, he's useful. Sure. And then the last signing that we can kind of change it up a bit um, because they have a little thing I want to talk about on that. Uh, yes. Mackenzie Blackwood, if you haven't already mentioned it, he resigned yes. for three years, 8.4 average uh, value, and his average annual is 2.8, which to me, yeah, that's not a lot, but also I felt it seems a little high for what McKenzie has really done yeah. for uh, New Jersey. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's a very interesting contract. Um, it's not my favorite not, for it's, him. It's not a lot. It's certainly not terrible. It's not a lot. It's not a little. It's. I mean, it could be worse. It, you can still be putting up with Corey Schneider's contract, but you bought him out. So. Yeah, true. And you also have Corey Crawford backing him up. So he's got, at this point, a better guy to mentor from. Yes. No offense to Corey Schneider, but <laughs> this is true. Um, he does he does have a quality backup that he can learn from, um, and right. I think he needs that because he's going to be a guy 
unlike say uh, Samsonov or uh, Hart, who I feel, or Sesterkin or Gor- uh, Gorgiev or the mm-hmm. guys in Columbus, where they seem at the moment to be um, pretty. They seem ready for the NHL. They're good. They've had moments out of all those goalies. By notwithstanding, I'd still say Hart's probably the best at the moment. Uh, yeah, it will be interesting. A lot of these guys. Um, Hart's still in the same situation, but everyone else's situation is different now. Uh, Blackwood, is he ready to take the whole realm, or is it going to have? I don't know. This season um, different because that's going to have to. You're going to have to rely on your backup a good amount this season, just because. I mean, ideally, this teams. is a better um, you know season to really make Blackwood the quote unquote starter again. It's less games to worry about, He's also, but he's 24, so at this point, you. You you just gotta have him learn for himself. You're not right, gonna exactly. You're still rebuilding, so you're not really going to make the playoffs or yeah. any of that sense. So I don't think that's gonna be big. I don't think that's a huge right. deal. Um, yeah, I, I think he's he's gonna be a guy that'll probably develop more in his latter twenties. I'd say. Yeah, I I, I see McKenzie Blackwood again. It's not like he's not that, terrible. That's a bad thing it's either. just again. I, He's on the New Jersey Devils. He's not getting much help. No, but at the you can make the other argument. Granted, he's a lot. He's probably arguably one of the best goalies in the league. But John Gibson, he's also Gibby's the best. But you see that this is true. But again, he's also not John Gibson. John Gibson. Yeah, he's also in his prime. John Gibson. I don't think Blackwood's in his prime. None of those goalies, I think, at the moment are really in their prime. So no, definitely not. Not even Carter Hart. Yeah, or Simsonov, who another one who's going to have to take the realms. Yes, and especially now, no, since Lundqvist is no, unfortunately. Be, so your backup's yeah. going to have to be Copley. Phoenix Copley will be the backup most likely, and then that leaves Ilya Samsonov as a starter, mm-hmm. rightfully so. It's going to be a rough year for the Caps, but I don't think it will. I don't know because Mitch made a good point, and we'll get to this when we talk about the Caps uh, when the actual break comes down. But he mm-hmm. was saying, and it makes sense because. They are realistically on paper a good team. The only thing that we're missing was a good coach. They didn't yeah, have a good they coach. got Lavi was a terrible coach. Um, Freaking Kevin. And now they he have Peter Laviolette. And yeah, he has he's done good here and there. But the thing that similar to AV Elaine Vigneault, when they first get to a place, they do really well from the start. Literally, when he first came to the first year when he first came in Nashville, Nashville, yeah, Cup final. So I could see him recreating it again with uh, Caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, a, a offensive system like Laviolette and with a goal scorer legend like Ovechkin, it's gonna be fun hockey to watch. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I don't care if you're a fan of whoever; it's gonna be a great, great season okay. to watch for the Caps. Uh, again, on paper, they should be a very, very good team. But one of the bigger question marks I still is... Think they're making the playoffs. They just don't know where they're going to... Oh, yeah, no, of course. They're making the playoffs. It's just how far will they go? Yeah. Especially with the goals, I think. You can only rely on that so much. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into our first deep dives? Let's do that. Just to speed it up the podcast a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Let's get into that right now. Our first team... The Detroit Red Wings. 
a yes. team that is very so clearly uh, rebuilding. Rebuilding. With Steve Yarzeman at the helm for uh, for the GM. Seeing if he can't, you know, take what he did in Tampa Bay to do it again in True. Detroit. Not saying he so he, he became the GM uh, fairly... 2019. I, I it literally feels like yeah okay it's yep, April, April 19, 19 2019. Year, so you've been months and nine days. Thank you, get friendly. Um, so when he became the GM, I made a bold prediction. I said yeah, within five years, the Detroit Red Wings will be a playoff team once again. Within five years. They still got a ways to go, but maybe they still got a ways to go. But that's what I said in five because years. This is what they need to focus. This is just what they need they're to focus drafting on. very well. They are um, drafting very well. They got screwed yeah. out of Alexi Lafreniere, the first overall pick yeah, this they really season, um, but they end up with the fourth overall pick in Lucas Raymond, who is a phenomenal winger and a sniper. This kid is going to be something special. I'm telling you right now. They, he's I gonna get some good minutes for Detroit this year. Did, that they did last year. Um also the divisions are innocent that great and teams Well, let's look at their new division. They are they are in in the central, central with West. Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. So right away, Tampa Bay, Carolina, those two are the two mm-hmm. and Dallas Even with really these injuries, they're still depth enough in that yeah. division too. Tampa Bay, Dallas, uh, Dallas, and Carolina are the top three teams in that mm-hmm. division. But Columbus you can throw in there. Up, is up for air. Up, uh, yeah. It's air, really so. that fourth spot is up between Chicago, Columbus, Florida, and Nashville. Really mm-hmm. everyone but Detroit is able to compete for a playoff spot. Yeah. And not to be Believe it or not, because they still have a good amount of cap, and that's just they're going to have to kind of eat it. Because at the moment, you're not going to get a lot of free agents that want to come. But they did do a couple of things here and there this offseason. They signed Nemestikov, who I think still can, can provide you things here and there. He's only he's um, only 28. Mm-hmm. Mark Stahl isn't a great defenseman now, but I, I hated that trade. I 1,000 yeah. percent hated that trade. I don't get. Actually, let's look at that trade. It they was also, if Bobby Ryan can turn it around. Mark Stahl and a second round pick for future considerations. That was an awful, awful. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, Mark Stahl, yeah, in 2021, second round pick to Detroit for future considerations. I get it. Detroit needs help on defense, but Mark Stahl's not the way to go. Which, by the way, he's costing 5.75 mil. He becomes a free agent next year. Next year's, yeah, sorry, Cap this year. The- the cap for the Red Wings doesn't mean a lot. They're at a different sense to say a team that we're going to talk about later, who I still think is kind of rebuilding, but because McDavid, they're still in the realm of being in the playoffs. Spoiler they have alert, the cap it's the issues. Oilers. Yes. If you're following the alphabet, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the tro- uh, Edmonton has that cap issue and trying to yeah, shed Detroit doesn't. to just, yeah, Detroit has the opposite of that. They don't have a lot of star again, talent just, outside of Dylan Larkin. So what they have to do is I mean, build your, got, own, your yeah, forward players and Anthony Mantha and Tyler Bertuzzi. Other than that, they don't have. Yeah. Okay. They've Philip Zadina, who is going to make a, an impact for the better for Detroit this year. 
They have honestly, it's they, they one of their bigger signings, which very they got very cheap, was Troy Stetcher, one point seven mil. Um, he played for Vancouver. He played all right for I think pretty well for Vancouver. He's actually going to be a pretty pivotal piece into Detroit's defense because, ironically, with that signing, he became the second youngest defenseman on that team, except for, you know, obviously with the Philip uh, Roenick uh, being the first. He's only 23. Um, and again, the goaltending, it's Tomas Grice and Jonathan Barnier. Tomas Grice signed the three-year, 3.6 mil deal. It's, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's going to be another struggling year for Detroit, but oh, the young, they're, they're the young, a... the young players are are on the rise. You have Joe Valeno, Michael Rasmussen, Evgeny Sveshnikov, the brother brother of Andrei Sveshnikov, Giovanni Smith. Um, you have Moritz Sider, who's 19 years old. J- Dennis Jalowski, 22 years old. You can see him getting some minutes in NHL. Um, and of course, you will eventually, at some point, most likely have Lucas Raymond, who is their fourth overall pick from this this year's draft. Yeah, uh, Sveshnikov kind of has to turn it around because if and on Detroit and he's still on their minor league every yeah. season since he's came here and he's twenty four. Yeah, he has. So yeah, he hasn't had much careful, success. He might end up being at the moment an AHL. I think. I think that's he'll just, um, yeah. But that's another thing. They're just young and inexperienced. And a guy like Dylan Larkin, who I think is good, but nobody really knows because there's no one really there to bring him up any. No. Um, there's still a lot that uh, Steve Gersman has to do. You're going to have to eat it for a couple years, uh, Detroit fans. Yeah. But again, like I said, within five years the Detroit Red Wings will be a playoff team. That's my prediction. I'm sticking to it. I trust Steve Eisenman. He's one of the best, if not the best GM next to Joe Sackick. The guy knows what he's doing. Look what he did with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's going to do the same thing eventually, keyword eventually, with the Detroit Red Wings. Now, with yeah, so with this new division, honestly, I see them still in last. They're going to get another top 10 pick. Yeah. Hopefully they don't get screwed out of it. What helps is that they got three second rounds and two third round picks. So yes. So again, half of the picks, it's just they've six the right picks in the first and... three rounds. Trust me, they're scouts and the way that they have scouted the last couple of years. And Steve Eisenman is DM, they're gonna scout just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I've there's not much more to really say about Detroit. Yeah. And, uh, um, actually, the only question is, um, will they announce a captain in this no. year? And if so, no. okay. No. I was going to say, I, I doubt when it. the time, all right, well, let me ask you a up question then. When it, it, the clear choice for me is Dylan Market, he has to be the next captain, right? Yeah. So if so, when will he be captain? I say this year. I think he's ready for it. He's earned that, and he is a good leader he, he, for this hockey club. I said next year he gets it, but all right, that's fair. I don't know. It's just because they're a young team. I don't, I just don't know. Yeah, and, and and hey, that's fair. Um, they also got Bobby Ryan in a trade earlier this offseason, 
or no, uh, they, they signed him. They signed him. That's what it was because yeah. the Sens bought him out. That's right. So, um, but yeah, was, you know, I was going to say, I think that's it for there. Detroit. Um, All right. Now let's transition over a bit if we can. Uh, as we are back. Yes. Uh, I don't know if so, you got that in there, if that'd be paused for a second there, but. Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, so anyway, we're back from but, break. Um, but you know, so back, we just I just want because I forgot about this, but I do want to go back to because we talked briefly about it when you're breaking down the Detroit, the division mm-hmm. alignments. Uh, but, but before we do that, another two updates that we forgot about: Mike Kaufman signed a PTO. Yes, let's talk about that one first. That's the yes. most interesting one, and the other one um, is the schedule. We can talk about the other one first because the schedule yes. will bring us into our next. Of course. Uh, so Mike Hoffman, yeah, he signed a PTO with the Blues, which is shocking. Yeah. Um, I, I I have seen tweets from. Let me look up. Bring up a good point because it hasn't been signed yet, or whatever. But it's like, mm-hmm. what? I'm not saying it would happen, but let's say he gets hurt. And this is I'm paraphrasing his tweet, but his tweet was pretty much say he gets hurt. Not that's going to happen, but. Say he gets hurt in the first practice or whatever, and he can't sign. Do they still sign him to that contract? That's a great. Do, do point. they take on that responsibility for when he's hurt? There That's- is a, according to Jeremy Rutherford, there is a <clears throat> expectation for a contract. It is rumored that they have in place a one-year contract worth approximately three and a half to four and a half mil. But they're waiting to make it official due to cap implications yes. for the team. <clears throat> Hence the PTO. Yes. So still, it's very interesting. Um, I would not expect that or him to St. Louis. I could only expect it just because it was St. Louis and St. Louis won not that long ago. True, but also think about it. Tarasenko is still out for the season right now. They need a winger. It's true. Who can score? Oh, so you have. Um, was it Steen who retired? I forgot who retired. Somewhere yes, retired. Steen. Yeah. Um, yeah, their cap space at the moment is uh, zero. So they have to <clears throat> figure out yeah. that before they actually sign them. But this is yeah, a, it's a similar issue. situation to that of Taylor Hall, where it's just going to be one year deal to see how well he can do. Hall might yep. have the benefit of, pl- if they put it together right, uh, the better. Potentially the better season, just because if they put Skinner and Eichel with him, then he's then he'll be probably destined to do really well. But mm-hmm. Hoffman might be on the better team, and he'll just probably fit into that Tarasenko role. He could. Yeah. Not saying at the moment he's first line worthy or anything, but he's not there, so why not see what he can do? Yeah, no, that's fair. Anyway, the other thing I was going to talk about that I wanted to bring up too was yeah. the schedule came out and very and it's very interesting. The schedule it's very similar to that of a uh, MLB type schedule where it's almost going to be like a series mm-hmm. with teams. Uh, the only schedule I have up now is the Flyers because that's the only one I really care about. So, <laughs> with that being uh, said, yes. With that being said, the Flyers do start their season the day. To, to, uh, then it opens on January 13th. Against, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then two days later, they play Pittsburgh again at home. 
Uh, and that's just kind of how it goes. It's two then follows two against Buffalo, two against Boston, two against New Jersey, two against the against the Isles, and that finishes up January. You can kind of take it from there. There's a couple games here and it, there it's where it's literally just, like, it's a single to, game. Yeah, there's the middle of February, like the against 21st, Boston, one game. That Boston, then New York. Like there's a Boston in between three games against New York, and and, then, and that first New York, the first time face New York, that's like one of the only times I'm seeing a really a home at home. Yeah, teams. Team. Not only that, but there is a matchup against Boston and Buffalo mm-hmm. on the seventh and ninth of March. We'll be interested in <clears throat> now. The only one I can see at the moment, and I don't know if there's going to be other moments of this, but. Uh, at the end of the season, the last two games are against Washington. They're a day apart from my, the seventh and eighth, and they're both in Washington. And I'm curious of how that actually, and same with the games before it, third and fourth, how the days after when you're not moving, if that makes a difference at all versus True. just playing, having the travel, or if you're just, I'm sure it's just going to be the same if you were the home team at that situation, mm-hmm. if you're playing back to back, but you're home. Right. That's how I figure it would probably be. But that's yes. so that's so interesting thing for me is that there's gonna be teams that are gonna to have to do that. Back to back games, same teams. And it, it, the, then it also brings back to like almost playoff like games. Yeah. Like games Again, like three and four or something like that of a playoff series. What's what's gonna happen this year? A lot of teams, you're gonna see some new rivalries happen. I guarantee it, because think about it, each team in the Every division, they play. The, the, the only the only time they the only teams that they play is the teams in their own division. They play in what four times at least? At least, yeah. Yeah, literally, that's or no, it has to be at least like seven. I think. I think it's seven. Yeah, there's seven other teams in your division. Yeah, for the yeah, that's crazy. So, so every it's, it's has, at least every team except for uh, the North has. Eight teams. Yes. Um, so, so it's at least division. seven yeah, times you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, again, it's very teams and it, it's going to it's going to cause a lot of new rivalries. Yeah, where they split up the country mm-hmm. pretty much, of, and that's where you're going to play. So, not that Boston Philadelphia, you, you could argue was not a, a rivalry to begin with, but maybe this sparks a new one or sparks it more yeah. just because. I wouldn't be surprised if in the near distant future, maybe not because I think Boston will kind of fall off, but I wonder if Boston and Philadelphia start having a little more, more rivalry because I kind of have a feeling they're going to have more meaningful games against one another. And well, right, that, that's like what I'm saying. Gonna, this is like going to help gonna spark be a season it. or two where they're, where they're going to meet in the playoffs. And mm. Tampa Bay gets the joy of having Columbus in a division. Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely going to cause some more rivalries for sure. I think Boston and Philly, that's going to reignite those. They also, those three, those teams also have to think about Washington Boston have had some moments before in the past. Um, Pittsburgh and Boston, you could argue. So the fact that Boston is now in this division with basically the Metro, it's going to it's going to cause some uh, adversity for a lot of teams. I'm really confused of how they've, some of these games I find really confusing how they did it. And the reason I'm saying that if if you go to because I'm trying to see how many games you play against teams, and I'm seeing it's I think you play teams at least three times. It looks like 
Um, like that. I was looking at the Buffalo one at first. I got really confused because there's like, I, I, saw, I saw like two Buffaloes and I was like, okay. And then there's just one random Buffalo in the middle of a series when you're playing against Boston. Or the yeah, no, it, it, it's very strange. It's kind of thrown in there. Um, it's interesting. I'm curious of how it's going to go. Ooh. Again, as I said like a minute ago, I think you're going to see a lot more split series and a lot in those games. I feel like you're going to have to teams will probably have to go to the backup in the back, the latter half yeah. of those games. So, breaking news here. Unfortunately for Chicago. Oh, no. <laughs> break out the, that's a shame. Yeah. Bring out, the, I mean, break out the small violin. Yeah. But um, Kirby Doc, who was playing for Team Canada, who's the captain mm. for World Juniors, he is out indefinitely for the Chicago Blackhawks as he had successful surgery to repair a right wrist fra- fracture. He's out approximately four to five months. That's pretty much the season. If you make the playoffs, you that's can come back. Season. But that's the season for you. So that season starts that in January. Big goes time. In May. That's five months. Four months. Not five. Yes. Math is hard. All right, Brian. Yep. Oof. That's a big loss for Chicago. Oh, wait, I missed a whole month there. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I love how you said that. Oh, God. Four times. Sorry, I'm seeing, they play teams four times. I missed. Okay, that makes sense. Of, I missed a whole month, month of March. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I was going to say, you're missing something. Something didn't add up right. Yeah. <clears throat> Damn. Anyway. That does do the question that we think we briefly previewed at the beginning of the podcast, but we can start on that segment now, which was which teams do we think or team benefits the most in this new division alignment? All right. So let's start from the top. Let's start with the North. This is the one Calgary, the hardest one. It's Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg, mm-hmm. otherwise known as the Canadian Division. Yes. So right off the top. It's the hardest one, I think, to predict. The only thing I can be sure of is. is I think Toronto would be first and Van- or sorry, and uh, Ottawa will still be last. Even with all the moves Ottawa made. I still think Honestly, this does benefit Toronto greatly because – you don't have to worry about Boston. No. But and he, all those and Tampa. teams outside of, again, I, we were talking about this yesterday or yesterday, the day before, um, about Toronto and Vancouver, just that Canadian division. And I feel like those two teams, I think you can kind of write into the playoffs just because I think those teams are staying really better than the other teams. Yeah. And the other teams are just right around the same area. Um, and a lot of them have holes. Edmonton's we'll get into a little bit later, but Edmonton does. They don't really have defense. They don't really have much outside of Connor McDavid. They don't really have great goaltending. Winnipeg yeah. doesn't have great defense. Ottawa is Ottawa. Montreal, everyone seems to be fans of, but I'm not seeing it yet. Or maybe I'll be surprised. I don't know. And then Calgary is just Calgary. You still have Johnny Gaudreau, Kachuk, but you're still 
Elias Lindholm. Yeah, you're still missing pieces, and you still got a couple yeah. holes there. Um, you know, you, it, you it's start, you did kind of your goaltending is pretty solid, and Mark Sherman Riddich. Um, but now you but have to I worry think, about Holby and Vancouver, and you have Thatcher Demko, who is a rising think, star. They're the one team I don't think has great. None of those teams have great depth, but I don't think they have really anything outside of that. We'll see what happens with Vancouver. Um, I'm excited for them. I think that because if you're telling they me, have potential to finish second in that division. Yeah, if you're telling or asking or asking me what my predictions to be on this division, I say it would be Toronto, Vancouver, mm-hmm. Winnipeg, and I think Edmonton just sneaks in. My reasoning for Winnipeg would be. Well, Shrifley would actually have to stay healthy. If a healthy hurt, Mark Shrifley is they're out. Key. Then they're out. Yeah. Um, Edmonton, it's because obviously the obvious. That's the obvious one of Connor McDavid. And I was I was going to say Milan Lucic, but Milan Lucic is in Calgary. I, I never know which team he's on. He's a schmuck anyway. I just want to say that. Um, so carry on. But that would probably be my teams. I'm curious at the moment, and we'll come back to these of predictions or anything like that. Um, but right now, just just your quick first kind of not real first kind of looks at it, but your first predictions. How do you think this North Division will kind of go? Honestly, it's Vancouver proved during the uh, playoffs last year they are a headache to deal with. I'm not saying that they're going to win the division, but they're going to come pretty damn close. I think it's going to come down to the wire. Injuries are going to play a huge factory in this division. Um, goaltending is going to be huge for them. They have Braden Holby now and Thatcher Demko. <clears throat> it's honestly going to be neck and neck. I still have Toronto with a slight edge over the Canucks. It's going to be Toronto, Vancouver. I really want Winnipeg to make the playoffs. I don't know if that's possible or not, especially – with the trade rumors swirling around Patrick Wine still, the fact that he still wants out, apparently, according to some, you know, uh, some alerts and everything. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Mark Shifley has to stay healthy. Um, Calgary, they're kind of a mystery team for me. So it's Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, Edmonton. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm just not seeing it with Montreal for me. That just uh, hey, it's they they they, they, they put a lot on the table last year, and honestly, if, if they didn't play a team like Philly again, Philly didn't play the best hockey in round one, but they snuck by still. If they played some other, you know, a couple other different teams in round one, they should have been in round two. Yeah, but you're got yeah one. The, the only reason why that really worked for them is because they had a healthy or I rested Carey Price. Yes. I don't trust Jake Allen at all. <laughs> at all. <clears throat> Outside of Toffoli, really, the upgrades they made, I feel like marginal. I think they make them marginally better. Yeah. I think Domi's a bad loss, but I understand why they didn't because Domi hated uh, – What's his face? Their head coach, um, Claude Julian. Julian. Yeah. yeah. So that was an obvious one that they weren't going to bring him back. Yeah. Uh, I don't think. Maybe it's just one of those. Play, maybe new place. Maybe. Um. 
Josh Anderson brings something new here, but again, I'm just mm-hmm. not, I'm just not seeing it. Maybe they can sneak in. Again, this is the one division I'm very, I'm very unsure of. But for Winnipeg's sake, I think if Line isn't out before the season, it's going to be a next offseason issue. A Line is a player that's not going to be dealt at the deadline. He's just not. I don't. He's. I don't. Nobody of that caliber. I don't think really gets traded at the deadline. That's an off-season right. trade, not an in-season trade. And again, a lot of that depends on Shifley. So anything could happen there. Uh, now let's move on to the West, which you have the Ducks, the Coyotes, Avalanche, Kings, Wild, Sharks, Blues, and Knights. Yep. Um, it's going to be a dogfight between Vegas and Colorado. I think Vegas... 1,000%. It's either Vegas, Colorado, Colorado, Vegas. I still give Vegas the edge, so do though. I. Um, I say it's Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, you have the issue. Yeah, it gets it, another one of those where it kind of gets a little trickier. Oh, honestly, two. St. Louis should be third. Keyword should be. Should Will they? Be, but I'm, I don't know. As Hoffman, All right, let, let's do division, this way. In that division, sure, I can see them making the playoffs. Yes. <clears throat> but here, let's do it this way. So the three teams so far, St. Louis, not in this order, but St. Louis, Colorado, and Vegas, three out of the four. Or could it be, because looking at the North, could it be a situation? Well, actually, the, um, the four teams from each division make the playoffs. It, it has to be four? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Never mind. Scratch that. So it's going to be Colorado, Vegas, probably St. Louis. Yeah, definitely. And I guess Minnesota. It's not. Uh, honestly, you know what? I'm not going to lie. This new division, this new alignment helps Minnesota. This gives them a fighting chance of getting into the playoffs again. It does, but you can? I think you can also make the argument. I think it for can the, make arguments for, say, a team like the Sharks – Kings, coyotes, Kings. I'm sticking to these three, but yeah, you can throw the uh, Coyotes up there too. But there are a lot of issues there with the Coyotes that don't. They can still probably sneak yeah. in like they did this past year. Uh, they have to kind of fix that issue. It, it's again going to be they have great goaltending. If they can rely on that again, then they're solid. Then I think they're going to be four. The only reason why I think you can put, you could potentially say, say uh, San Jose or Anaheim or LA for that matter. Uh, the California teams uh, is that one. The Ducks have the best goalie in that. No, sorry, not the best goalie, but one of the best goalies in that division. So, and I think they have a pretty underrated defense. If they play the right way, maybe they could sneak in. San, mm. San Jose has Eric Carlson for another year. Maybe he'll turn it around. You have Brett Burns still. Again, they're missing pieces, but they were. Dave Carlson for like another four or five. No, I'm years. he's another year into being in center set. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, into that. I, I'm with you. I'm with you now. Um, and again, they were in the playoffs not that long ago, so maybe they are older. These teams are older, so that's. Um, and then the Kings obviously have Dowdy and Kopitar. If Quick has one last, this, okay, he's, good he's a big question mark for me going into the season. That is Again, he also he's yes. also got to stay healthy. 
one thing that is going to help the Kings though, Quentin Byfield, second overall. Sorry, yeah, no, second overall pick in this this year's draft. Again, that you can. Have, he he is the potential. Yeah, you can make arguments. I don't think they're high likelihoods, but it's not unlikely. It's impossible. All those teams have guys who are in the playoffs not that long ago and guys who are at the tops and the league at where, at their yeah. positions. Drew Doughty, Anze Kopitar. Mm-hmm. John Gibson. Uh, Gibson. Carlson, Bert Burns. Uh, to, I was about to say stuff. Jumbo Joe. No, Jumbo Joe's in Toronto now. He is. Um. But yeah, I think it is Minnesota's to kind of to lose in that fourth spot. Yeah. Moving over to the central now, the eastern part. I don't know. Yeah, I guess the eastern part of uh, the division. I have no idea how they're going to do the next rounds. I really have no idea how they're going to do that. No clue. Because uh, the central has a mixture of east coast, east, uh, east and yeah. west teams. So. I'll put it this way. So it's going to be Carolina and Tampa Bay is to the Top teams really. Mm-hmm. Um, Columbus, I think Columbus and Dallas are going to be in there fighting for revenge. And then after that, it's really Chicago. And Chicago, basically everyone but Detroit has a fighting chance for a playoff spot. Sort of what we talked about before when you're breaking down Detroit. The only lock is Tampa Bay. Carolina isn't a lock, but they're. I'll say this because of the losses that the Lightning had, <clears throat> I think not a guaranteed lock, but I could easily see them taking a division. If everything goes their way, I could see it. Everything goes their way. If that's a big if. Sure. I, I, I think it, it, again, them, it's, it's I, I love I love Carolina. Paper, I think they paper, have a good chance again, to do very well, especially in this division. But not saying it's not likely. But I'm just right. saying it's a, <clears throat> there's a possibility that they could. Yeah. Just hey, to... honestly, I'm I, I won't complain if that happens. I love mm-hmm. Rod Brindamore. I I like uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. They have a hell of a mm-hmm. team. They need some help still. But I don't think because they have to potential later. But I don't think you can completely throw Nashville out of it. They're such an interesting team. I don't know what to make of them. They do have to. I think, in, to my opinion. Uh, the second best defenseman in the league, and uh, Roman Yossi. Uh, a very good defensive core. Your goaltenders are the big issue, obviously. Well, um, you have Pecorini, of, and then you have Soros. For, yeah, for once, uh, the kid that they drafted from this. Um, Askarov, Askarov, who, Askarov, by the yes. way, is a pretty damn good-looking goal. He, yeah, he, he he put on a nice show against the U.S. the other night. I'm not <clears> saying. <throat> Newcomen's gonna be anything, but maybe a new coming out of <clears throat> Minnesota. I don't. It's know. gonna be a fresh start for him. Honestly, that the fact that Minnesota traded Lukunen to, especially in Nashville, that surprised me. That reminded me when they traded uh, Mikael Granlin from Minnesota to Nashville. Yeah. Um, and then you also have again my my underdogs always in Florida. They're still in that division. Only because no. of the guys they have, they did add some grit, Judas yeah. and Hornquist. Uh, so I think they slightly got better. Again, we talked about it last time. A lot of it depends on Bob and how. Can they is. get it done though? Can they actually get in the playoffs and potentially win around? 
and that's Columbus the biggest question is mark. That stingy team. Columbus is always that defensive oriented team that got better. I think very pesky, very annoying to play against, but they're good. Yeah, they got. I think they got better. I think adding Max Domi is great. I think he's going to fit. That's a good help. Well with, yeah. uh, in the Tortorella system. Uh, yeah, a, a guy added, like Torts is going to do wonders for Domi. Yeah, God. Yeah, Nikki Coyville. Should have been in Philly, man. Should have been in Philly. Add, then you also add in um, Seth Jones, your young goaltenders. Yeah. You coming. have. It, it's just. Yeah. Although, what's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got some pieces there. Um, all right, let's. We go to. Last the but not hardest, least. The hardest division. Yes. The East. Top four teams right now Philly. Boston, Washington, and honestly, I got to go with my bold prediction. Pittsburgh's not making the playoffs. That means the Islanders are that four is that fourth team that is making the Stanley Cup playoffs this, this year. Would be the one year where your bold prediction could potentially be right. Um, one, there's a lot of questions for Pittsburgh to go into the season, which we'll get to when you actually break them down. No, um, Matt Murray. He's no, gone. No he, he's in Ottawa. No goaltender duo since you won the cup. So can yeah. you go back to one goalie again? I don't know because it should be it should be Tristan Jari, but they put they have a lot of faith in Casey the Smith. There was a lot of times during the Calder Cup playoffs uh in just the AHL where they played Casey DeSmith more times than Tristan Jari. It was very surprising, especially when Jari was on top thing, of his game. They do have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Yes. That's the other thing that you can only put on. The only reason why I'm taking, putting Pittsburgh in and the Isles out is because I fucking hate the Islanders right now. <laughs> and I don't know how they do it. I don't know, man. Um, I I can't answer that for you. But knowing the NHL and how the Islanders are, they're probably going to be that fourth team. Oh, yeah. I, I think, think they it, will. But for me, if you're following along, I think it will be Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, pretty much the same as next for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Same as um, that one. The only reason why I give the Flyers a slight edge is because the injuries, I think, the Boston could potentially hurt them at the beginning of the season. That is the Similar biggest – honestly, that's the biggest key for everyone right now in the East Division. Two of Boston's top guys on that top line, they're out for a bit of the season. So you got to take advantage early because when they come back healthy, they're going to be full-on wrecking ball, and it's going to cause a shit show. So – you have to strike early, especially against Boston. Yeah, I agree. So those are the divisions there. Yes, but for me, if I'm going back to the question I asked to start this little tangent, the team I think benefits the most, one, it's Vegas and Colorado because they're just going to destroy that division. Uh, Same with Tampa Bay and Carolina. Outside of that... (laughs) Um, maybe Minnesota because I could see them sneaking in. Maybe I guess in Minnesota. Only because the Sharks, if the Sharks don't get off to a slow start, maybe just again. All these teams have issues. And I'd yeah. say any team in the East should be motivated because realistically outside of Buffalo, in my opinion, but 
you did add Tyler Hall and maybe that could be good enough. But outside of that, you aren't really much of anything. Yeah. And same with the Devils. But <laughs> it's still up in the air outside of that. I mean, if- right. It, it really is. It, it's going it's to be tough again. It's mm-hmm. again, the East is the toughest division. Uh, I say some teams are going to benefit. I think Minnesota. Um, I could see, honestly, Montreal benefiting. Um, Columbus will 1000% benefit from their division. Actually, no, I'll fix, I'll change that. I think Toronto best benefits the best out of this. Oh, you know, it's the hardest division to decide, but out of all the moves, I think they're the one team during the whole offseason that actually addressed like holes. That was a huge, line. huge move. They got TJ Brody. This happened last offseason, but they did get Jack, they got Campbell. A reliable yep, backup. They got rid of Kasperi Kapanen, which was a little surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But they got some pieces back. Yes. Also, you got Wayne Train, solid metal Wayne depth Train. Leader, leader. Got Jemba Joe got Thornton. Two very good leaders in that locker room. Yeah. Uh, that I think that just especially kind of, a young Toronto team like that that needs a bit your, more help with trying. Yeah, it'll just bolster your middle, your bottom six. Which oh, is yeah. your issue? Your issue is your bottom section of your defense. Yeah, and they did, they did address that. To be fair, and now you have um, three good D men. Other guys are coming up, but three good D men that you can throw out there now. The huge thing that hurt them their last playoffs was wasn't going down. Yeah, no that that was that was a huge loss. The defense for the. Uh, the Leafs with Jake Muzzin going out and the way he did, that was a very ugly injury. And um, the fact that he will be back in the lineup is a huge help. But on top of that, TJ Brody now in the lineup with them, uh, that's a huge help. And Morgan Riley, that's a solid, solid top six right there, having those three there. Rossman Sundin, that kid, he's he's a good young defenseman. Also, you have Timothy Logigren. Uh, that that kid is also another solid young defenseman who, again, they have potential to sneak one of those two young studs in the lineup. I think it should be Sandine. He's proven uh, before that he has what it takes. I think he will be in the lineup. I agree. Kyle Dubas actually, for once, only because he's good himself, putting all these great big contracts for most of his team, he had to uh, kind of scramble, but he did get yeah. some solid people. Also, let's not forget, Jason Spezza, he is older, like yeah. Jumbo Joe, or unfortunately, train at this point, but another reliable leader in that locker room. Uh, Jimmy VC is, uh, he's a person, but on a Leafs team that already has a very dominant offense, why couldn't he benefit in this kind of system? Why not? Yeah, sure. This is true. That's, that's just my answer to that question. Of <clears throat> I think the Leafs do actually benefit the most out of this whole thing. They just have the Battle of Vancouver, but I think that's realistically it. I could be surprised because uh, Anderson is the only issue they're going to have is how well is he going to play. Um, yeah, And the other thing, similar, to, and this is what I said a little bit ago, but similar to how we usually, how uh, uh, and the MLB was if if you start off slowly, and just because it's a shorter season, you may find yourself if you're a good team. If you struggle out of the gate, you may find yourself harder to try to get back in there, especially when you're playing your division. The benefit, yeah. the only reason why I say the Flyers have 
finish well is because they've done really well recently against the division. Knock on wood, hopefully yes, it continues, but that's my reasoning for why they think the Flyers will I like it. be as well. Perfect. Um, All right, well, that's a good transition on to our last topic of the night. Uh, you have the Edmonton Oilers as the second breakdown of yes. tonight. And another it is, team, again, I think, is realistically a uh, rebuild. But because they have the best player, it'd be great yeah. if you actually like the playoffs and um, have him, you know. Looking at their defense, it's not as bad as I originally thought it was. They have Darnell Nurse, who's a stud, um, Tyson Berry, and Caleb Jones, pretty good there. Slater Kuku, who they signed, uh, I think, yesterday. And they have Ethan Bear, another young, good player. The only issue on that defense pair, Adam Larson and Chris Russell. Chris Russell, he actually, luckily for Realistically speaking... Tyson Berry too. Tyson Berry will make their play their power play very good. Yes. One, it's probably gonna be the best power play in the whole league next season. It's However, gonna be one of the better ones. He's not that great defensively, and that's where they have issues. It's actually defensively. So, yeah. so really it helps them, but it doesn't help yeah. them. What does help them is the fact that he's there for only three point seven five mil yeah. and not like a five and mil. Again, when you, and hopefully. They're going to play ARV back, so hopefully he actually ends up being that player that he was supposed to be, that Scouts thought he was going to be when they drafted him. If yeah. that is, I think that'll be a benefit somewhat, just so you get a winger. But outside of that, there's still a lot of holes. There's a lot of pieces. Um, they have Cal Yamamoto, who was a good piece last year, um, who did a lot. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it's he's entering his final years as an Oiler. Uh, contract wise, he he's 27 still. Honestly, I think if he gets dealt, he's gonna it's gonna reignite a, few, uh, a frame in, in his uh, tank there because he hasn't been playing the best hockey lately. You know, last couple of years he's been hurt. By the way, the fact that James Neal is like three four years left, 5.75 mil on their team, that's a huge contract and that hurts. That does hurt, and you you gotta hope. Yes, yes, he did play well you. last year, but if he can he can, can, provide, can yeah. provide that again, and that's a very uh, yeah, yeah, it's very unsure. Also, if I'm not mistaken, I think Zach Cassian's out for the year. I also added and Kyle Turner. Keeper, I think this offseason. Yes, which they got very cheap, uh, one point six five mil AAV. They, yeah, it's just it's are, when Connor McDavid and and you can't keep the reason why you have Connor McDavid and Aaron, the Leon Grisoto and they're great. They're the one yeah. the best, the best player in hockey and one of the best centers in the league. Yes, uh, up and coming, but one of the best centers in the league. Believe it or not, Leon Grisoto is actually older than Connor McDavid <laughs> by two years. Yeah, he was drafted. I think 2014. Yep, third overall, 2014. He's also German. Yes, he is. They're great. However, if you really want them to be centers, you got to find them wingers. Not only that, but do you that have here's here's my biggest issue. Why your power play looks so great is because you can throw McDavid, Grysettle, and Nugent. Nugent Hopkins and Neil realistically on a power play with 
uh, Tyson Berry, and that's going to be really great. But you can only yeah. really do that on a power play. They're all yeah. centers. And it's not like you're going to get a power play every single game, but also every period. Yeah. <clears throat> um, here's and the other issue. Goal tending. That, that was a very high scoring series. Yeah, that's, a, that, no, that's that the biggest issue. Very, that's yeah. the biggest the issue. The fact, here's what worries me, and this is why I have no faith in Ken Holland as a GM. The fact that he re-signed Mike Smith during one of the mm-hmm. best years for yeah. goaltending in the market, that's embarrassing and Again. a half. That's just – This is what Ken I said Holland, earlier, I don't know how about. he's a GM. I don't know how. Well, they have – the Oilers haven't had the best luck with GMs, so. Yeah, you're not wrong. The last GM fucked them over cap-wise, so uh, unfortunately, this is the only benefit I'll give to Ken Holland is because of the cap issues. He didn't really have the cap to be yes. able to sign anyone. Still, a smart GM – should know where the holes are, including goaltending. The fact that you re-signed a 38-year-old goaltender in the NHL and he got lit up in their preliminary round against Chicago, they make the playoffs. Oh, so many goals he landed were so awful. And just, dude, Mike Smith's done. He he can't be a starter. He he can't even be a backup at can this. Can you point. really? Can you really trust Koskinen? You don't, don't really have a choice because can you, you trust Mike Smith? Yeah, I, I still think I still think they should have gone gone with uh, Ron Hextall for your GM. Yeah, well, they're not smart. No, it, like it'd be one thing if it's not even like you have draft picks either. You're missing three draft picks next season. You got a first, a fourth, yeah. two sixth, and a seventh. How many draft picks do you have this season? For this past draft. One second. You had six this year. Yeah. With two fifths. The first round he selected Dylan Holloway. Yeah, Holloway, he's. Yeah. He's not my favorite pick, but again, where they were picking, mm-hmm. yeah, it gets the job done. But for the team that you, you gotta get some picks. You gotta do something to make Connor right. David happy. There's a reason why, at the end of not this past season, but the season before, he said, "You gotta do something, or I want out of here because you're literally been screwed over my entire career here, yes. and you've pretty much done the same thing for Nugent Hopkins, who's 27." Literally, Nijin Hopkins, I, I feel so bad. Literally, they, they're ruining his career. Like They've not done anything good. The best thing that's happened to uh, Leon Jarsil, the fact that they got Conor McDavid and uh, Leon Jarsil, the problem is Nijin Hopkins is center, but I mean, he can't play the wing, but he's more so center. And that's the same role as Conor McDavid. So the fact that literally your two best players that you could potentially put him with, you can't because yeah. – they're better centers than he is. So literally, you're automatically throwing Nugent Hopkins on the third line, unless you decide to make him second line wink. This is my thought, just because of the tourist signing. Maybe they're just going to stick with, for the moment, McDavid and Dreisaitl and have Nugent Hopkins as second center and tourist as third center. I mean, honestly, I'd do it. Why not? Why not? 
you got nothing else to lose, and you got you to yeah. keep these guys out. You got to keep. You, them you really do, and, and it's and yeah, yeah, he's the he's the best player in hockey, but that's a lot yeah. to be able to take. That out. is, granted. Oh God, that is the best player in hockey, and Edmonton did trade the best player to ever play hockey to LA. So it's not out of their DNA to trade one of the best players to play in his era. No, not only that, LA. but the yeah. Uh, the, the other thing is, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not like it's impossible, yeah. but it's, 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 definitely it's, it's definitely hard when he's making 12 and a half mil every year. Yeah. But again, not a lot teams of teams to be able to would the teams that 1, can thousand percent. I don't know. If give up that. Ever, yeah. Yeah. I just don't know how you mess up two times with a GM. You mess up and not build around someone. You have a once-in-a-generation player, and you can't build around them. And two, that says very, everything you need to know about the Edmonton Oilers. And two, at very most, top fifty centers in the league. I don't know where I'd put Nugent Hopkins, but um, I, it's tough. He's, he's so, a good he's still center. A solid center. I'm just he's saying, still got, very good. It's just. I don't know. I honestly, he, he he needs a fresh start. He needs to get out of Edmonton for the better. Honestly, once this contract ends, uh, he's not going to make six. He's not going to make six mil anymore. AV, he he's not. Had, he's going to make at most a big four mil. He's probably a mil six center at this point, but he should there's be a lot of teams that's that would benefit greatly on having him. That's why there was a while greatly. He was in trade rumors just because. You could get a lot out of them. The other you issue, him, so you could get draft picks to track the actually draft people that could actually yes. help your team. But again, I, it, honestly, honestly, if, if, if I'm if I'm a team, I would give up a couple picks for him. Yeah, and you know this probably more than I do, but I have no idea how their prospects are at all. It's I gotta look at their team. Yeah, um, taking a quick look, Brian McLeod. He's 21. He's a center. He's up and coming. He won't be ready quite yet. Oh, he's wow. getting another there. center. That really. Helps. Oh, yeah. um, two defensemen, Phil Proberg and Evan Bouchard. Those guys are on defense. They're going to be good. Proberg is 19. Bouchard's 21. Bouchard should be in the NHL, and he should be in the lineup almost every night. He's a young kid. He's a lot to learn, but I guarantee he's better than Adam Larson and Chris Russell combined. Kids are gonna be good. Um, other than that, you don't really have a whole lot of other um, prospects that I know of. But those are the main ones that stick out to me. Yeah, exactly. That's your problem. That's their problem. Literally, on, on, I, mean, on, on, I can count how many good prospects that I know of on one hand, and that's not even the full five. I mean, it helps with the defenseman, and that's where you have a hole. But you also have a hole offensively because. You have nobody to pair both. Like you like, need to draft wingers. That's the issue for Edmonton right now. Do like a Flyers where they put Drew and Couturier together, but even like the Penguins were able to separate Malkin and Crosby, and, Malkin and actually bring them guys to actually be able to yeah. do well, and they've won three cups. Yeah. This is true. I'd be pissed if I was an Oilers fan, but I mean, oh, I would be very pissed. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. It would be very fun to, as the next franchise in uh, for GM mode for NHL 21, to rebuild Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, 
that could be a challenge. Have the best player in the world in Connor McDavid, have Leon Dry settle, mm -hmm. and so that's we, pretty so much all you have. Hopkins, and then see what we can do. Yeah. This might be a fun challenge. I was thinking that the Vancouver Canucks is my next team, but yeah. I might pick Edmonton. There you go. Give me something to think about here, Whitmer. There you go. And that's all I really got for today. So. That's all I got today. Um, next time we got Florida and the LA Kings to break down. Mm -hmm. And we'll break that down the next time we're yeah. and we'll here. See you next time.